You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 143 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining us in the spare room studio again this week is my co-host Matt Smith. Hello, hello, good morning, good morning. Good morning. It's Sunday morning. This, it's this, this Sunday. should be illegal. I know. I think in some places it is legal, isn't it, to work on a Sunday? It is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it should be. It should <laughs> it be. Should be Unless you work in retail, in which case uh, in you'll which be case, yes, today. you you and you must be because the rest of us have to do our Christmas shopping. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so welcome to everyone who's joined us in the chat room this morning. Uh, just move my camera up there. Sorry, there, we there we go. There we go. And uh, it, uh, the, the, it, well, it's the, um, if my computer will, <laughs> here we go, the 18th of December. Is I should know that, really. <laughs> yeah. It's the 18th of December. Mm. It's uh, just coming over or coming past uh, half past 10 in the mm. morning. Mm. So it's uh, nice and early. But we have got quite a lot of people in the chat room this morning from across the pond, yeah. which is amazing. Because yeah, you should all be asleep. It, yeah, absolutely. So Way past their bedtime, asleep. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, well, we have uh, also got uh, got someone in the studio here who you can see. There we go. It's Captain Nick. Captain <laughs> Nick is still here, look. That's it, yeah. He hasn't left. He's uh, <laughs> flying his uh, Airbus here, as you can see. Uh, he's got his two friends here on the wing. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you probably, those of you who watched the show, the amazing show, on uh, Thursday night would have probably seen that uh, behind Nick. I would also like to sort of maybe, you know, pick a small hole in what you just did in the fact that the majority of our listeners only listen to it as an audio download and therefore that whole oh, one yes, and a half yeah. minutes worth of beautiful camera work uh, is totally wasted. But anyway, you know, never mind. Okay. <laughs> but no, I hope you guys who uh, managed to tune in on Thursday enjoyed uh, the, the, uh, the Christmas extravaganza. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, well done to Pip for organising all that. Yeah, that was right. Good fun. Yeah, it was good fun. I, ha- I still haven't recovered, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I no, I, I, went into, <coughs> I went into work the next day and I didn't feel very good at all. No, I no, felt, absolutely. Yeah, didn't feel very yeah. good. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't operating heavy machinery no 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 no, 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 no not at all good, no good. i wasn't operating any heavy <laughs> any heavy machinery no, no. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I, I did nearly fall asleep a few times at right work, good well that's comforting yes yes if you get a funny shaped book <laughs> <laughs> you'll know why <laughs> so don't forget um before we start the show as well with uh, we have got the christmas competition yep. the caption competition yep. that we're running for so this year the results we're going to uh, give out on next, next week yep. on next friday's show our last live no, next show did we say Friday? Oh, sorry. Are we going Saturday? Christmas Eve? It's Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Are we going to yes. do Christmas Eve, aren't we? Yeah, I think we're doing yeah, Christmas Friday, Eve. Yeah, because Friday I'm busy. Yeah. Very busy. <laughs> so Christmas um, Eve, we are... Um, well, I'm working Christmas Eve night, but I think we're going to do... What are we doing? Uh, it'll be morning. morning. Well, yeah, it can be after, afternoon. Afternoon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, next week, next yes. Saturday. Uh, and, um, yes, uh, it's going to be slightly, slightly weird as well, because uh, Carlos and I are not going to be in the same room. Um, and um, Aren't we? No. Where are you going to be? I'm going to be in Clacton. Oh, I've got to do all this on my own. No, 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 no. It's, it's all right. I, I'm, I'm going to take the satellite with me, so I'm going to do it from my end, and you're going to Skype me. Oh, right. I've got to do the <laughs> Skype thing. Oh, yeah. my. You're going to leave me in charge of all this stuff. No, I'm not going to leave you all. I'm not that silly. Listeners, don't be alarmed. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, that sounds scary. No, no, I'm not leaving you in charge of anything. Oh, really? Yeah, no. So no. what have I got to do then? You've just got to sit there with a, with a Skype laptop in front of you. Really? And pick some news stories. I'll do the rest. It's fine. Well, I'm taking the satellite with me. I'll have more. I'll have as. I'll have like board. So you're taking the tower with you as well? Uh, no, I think I'll do it with this things. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. 
Yes. Well, they are. You heard it first yeah, here. Absolutely. <laughs> this this could be fun. Oh, uh, this absolutely. should be interesting. <laughs> it will indeed. So welcome in uh, uh, to, uh, as I said, to all our lovely listeners in the chat room. We've got uh, we've got to Owen and Ray, Myla, Don, Sebastian, the pre-buy guy, Michael, Bomberger, uh, Micah, the main man. Micah's in there as well. Yep. Uh, we've got Shudbacker's in there as well. We've got Tony S in the chat room. Evan, oh, I, lo- I loved Tony's feedback. I, I want to know. I have to <laughs> ask: Was that was that uh, the the horn um, that you blew at the end there with a the little message for Jeff? I have to ask. Oh, uh, you're right there. <laughs> so I had to do that. <clears throat> Indeed. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 the geek in me needs to know what what uh, particular craft it was attached to. I assume some kind of lorry, but. Uh, We've got to be on our best behaviour today because we've got Nev. In oh, the have chat we? Room. Yeah. Oh, what? Mr. Nev from Nevtech. Nev, yeah. Nevtech. Yeah. No, we don't have to behave ourselves in front of Nev. We just have to make, <laughs> make sure, sure everything, goes, everything works. That's all. <laughs> a special, a special thanks as well uh, to uh, to Mrs. Nev for her uh, oh, very, yeah. very humorous award feedback, winning was, award-winning yeah, feedback yeah, from uh, from Thursday night's show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's good. As I say, that that but that that show in its entirety uh, will be hopefully up and running. Um, for the Christmas episode uh, for us. So, uh, yeah, that should hopefully be up and running uh, by then. But, uh, yeah, my camera is terrible, isn't it? It looks horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's I going on there. set on, like, Minecraft. I think vision. I put it on Minecraft mode. It's all right. I, I think I look very dashing. I, I, no, I, think yeah. I, look, I think I look great pixelated. If I had my way, I'd be completely pixelated. Yeah. Really? Yes, indeed. Okay. Yes, we're having a few light issues because we're not used to doing the show in the daylight, basically anymore, and yeah, it's causing havoc with our cameras because they're on the wrong settings. But anyway, that's right. Fine. So we are on the, on the subject of a show. Of the show, <laughs> we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Yes, I think so. Let's go. <laughs> Kicking off this week's first news story on the independent.co.uk uh, site. And a uh, bit of a worrying headline, Matt, if you're going to travel uh, abroad this Christmas mm. over the festive yeah. period. Uh, the headline, strikes could hit airline passengers on busiest day of season. So ground handlers and pilots uh, are, are in dispute with their employers. And uh, check-in staff and baggage handlers will begin a strike at 18 leading UK airports on the busiest day of the festive season next Friday. Well, this Friday coming, the 23rd of December. Grand staff working for handling company Swissport are involved in a long-running dispute over pay and conditions. They intend to stop work on the 23rd of December and Christmas Eve. Uh, Their union unite says the workers have not had a pay rise since 2014. Blimey, I can beat that. We haven't had one (laughs) since before then. Members voted uh, 63 to 37 to reject a three-year pay deal that the union argues is barely in keeping with pace with inflation linked to changes including freeze overtime pays. Uh, United's uh, National Officer for Civil Air Transport, Oliver Richardson, said that uh, our members are only taking this industrial action as a last resort in a bid to reach a fair settlement. We appreciate that this is a busy time for the, of the year for UK airports and that's why we are calling for the company to engage uh, in constructive talks under the, uh, the oh there we go, isn't that typical, this laptop has to go like that at this particular point in the story, but there we go. 
Uh, the strike is going to affect uh, Heathrow, Gatwick, Birmingham, Bristol, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Newcastle and Leeds Bradford Airport. Uh, recent past strikes involving ground staff have had a limited effect with managing co managers covering the duties themselves. Starting on the same day, pilots working for Virgin Atlantic will begin a work to rule. Uh, the Professional Pilots Union, your PPU, which represents most of the airline's 900 pilots, voted overwhelmingly to take industrial action. They say they will work a, to a strictly to contract, which could involve refusing to be flexible in the event of disruption. Pilots can exercise considerable discretion on working hours when weather or other factors intervene. Uh, Virgin Atlantic said it expects flights to operate as normal. Mm. Well, this is rather worrying, Matt. Yeah. Especially if you're wishing to travel away to um, see family for the Christmas period. But yeah, so. I mean, well, I, I mean, strikes are never good, are they? There's no time. There's no. There's never a good time for a strike. But uh, it does seem, you know, it, the season. So you get one every year now. Yeah, yeah. it feels like we do get one each year. I d I, yeah, you have to feel sorry for someone because the trouble is, is, I mean, everybody everybody plans really well far in advance for this sort of thing, don't they? Especially you know, and, and Christmas is such a big deal. I, I, it is for me anyway. I mean, mm. I, I I love Christmas. Um, you know, like where you work, uh, I've got a lot of friends who also work where you do. They all shut down over Christmas, uh, and no, it's, no, it's, we don't. Oh, don't you? <laughs> not you? this. No, oh, not this no, year. no, no. We're too busy oh. to shut down this year. Oh right, oh that's good. That's good on the one hand, then, but uh, you know, it's just sort of, oh, it's just such a shame, really. Yeah. But hopefully, um, hopefully they'll they'll come up to some agreement that they'll just, um, you know, carry on. Yeah. Regardless. Well, I, I mean, I suppose, I suppose, if they really are that aggrieved, the only way to get the the you know the, the people that pay the bills, if you like, to uh, to uh, listen to them is to do something like this. But uh, you know, it's, it's just never a good time, is it? It is never a good time. So the next story, moving on, is for you, Matt. Yes, indeed. And uh, as uh, as luck would have it, there's a surprise. <laughs> it is, excuse me, sorry. I'm just going to have to... <coughs> sorry about that. We're all dying here. Uh, yeah, it is, absolutely. Studio, yes, yeah. we have man flu. So, yeah, <laughs> like I say, if there are a few planes in the air, not in the air this week, uh, that involve any of our guests from last week, it's all Carlos's fault. Oh, uh, anyway, you. yes, <laughs> this is on the Independent website. And the headline is, World's Best Airlines Revealed, How Do Ryanair and Aer Lingus Rank? Um, Turkish Airlines has been named best short... We, we, sorry, we nearly ended up with a late-night version of, of the show again then. <laughs> Turkish Airlines has been named the best short-haul airline in a poll of over 7,500 which members. The Istanbul-based carrier beat Channel Islands Airlines... Um, uh, I want to say, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. How do you pronounce that? Aerogini. Aerogini. Right, okay, to the top spot, scoring an average customer rating of 80%. Wow, that is good. It achieved top marks in two categories, food and drink and customer service, and four stars out of five in cabin environment, boarding and seat comfort. Scandinavian Airlines, Iceland Air and Jet2.com completed the top five of the consumer's body report, uh, while Aer, Lung Aer Lingus was placed 10th with 67%. Aer 
Ellinger scored four out of a possible five stars for boarding and three out of five for both seat comfort and value for money. Uh, so the full we'll just go we'll just go with the um, where are we? Uh, well, we'll whiz through the top twenty, I think. So uh, t- number twenty uh, was uh, Thomas Cook. Number nineteen was Tap Portugal. Eighteen Thompson. 17 was Wiz Air, 16 was Monarch, mm. 15th was Flyby, 14th was EasyJet, 13th was Air Malta, Best KLM one. was 12, British Airways was 11, Aer Lingus, as I say, was in the top 10 at number 10, uh, Lufthansa was in at 9, uh, Swiss was at 8, Norwegian at 7, 6 uh, goes to Eurowings, Jet 2 was 5th, Iceland Air was 4th, Scandinavian was 3 uh, the airline I can't pronounce. Aeroguini. Thank you. Is number two and the top of the list with eighty percent rankings was Turkish, Turkish Airlines. Best short haul. That's uh, now uh, it hasn't made the top twenty, but Ryanair was polled at twenty-first in the <laughs> list with only fifty percent, followed by Iberia on forty-nine, uh, while Spanish low-cost carrier Vueling was the lowest entry at forty-one percent. Ryanair scored. Two out of five stars for boarding, uh, out uh, one out of five stars for seat comfort, and three out of five for value for three out of five for value for money. That's not right. No. I mean, are they talking about value for money for like the food and stuff that you're buying online? Is that what people have got? I think got it's the all round thing. It might be all round. Yeah, the money or but, food, food and uh, seats. But say what you like. I mean, at the end of the day, the, 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 you know, the, the the tickets are cheap. So that that. Mm. I, I'm well. I'm. I'm I, I don't think. I, I don't think that's very fair. Sorry. Uh, so you've also got the long haul, long haul yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we we'll just do the top ten. Um, These are the long haul. The which is long haul rankings. Yes, absolutely. So number ten. It, it, I'm I'm pleased to see it there. At least it is. Uh, it's Nevs. Nevs. It, it is Nevs. Nev, Nev Airways. Nev Airways uh, which <laughs> is uh, British Airways. Uh, number nine <laughs> is Thompson. Now, ironically, that didn't score very well in the. Yeah. In um, the short haul, they do, do a bit of long haul stuff. Yeah, they do. Not absolutely. Much, they do Malay- my favourite airline, and I know it would be a bit of a shock for me to say this, is Malaysia Airways at mm. number eight. Uh, Delta came in at seventh. Uh, Etihad came in at sixth. Uh, Virgin Atlantic at f- in number five. Mm. Uh, Qatar Airways in number four. KLM Qatar, at three. Qatar. Qatar. Sorry. Qatar. What did I say? Qatar. Sorry, Qatar. I don't know. Uh, it KLM is where you're from. <laughs> KLM is third. Uh, Emirates was second, and top of the pile was ninety-one percent. Singapore was Airlines. Singapore Airlines. Yeah. yeah, no, very good. I like that. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to try and get hold of all these airlines and just ask if we can have a right. Yeah, a trial, tri- flight. A trial yeah. flight. Yeah, flight yeah why not? It's worth, anything's anything's worth trying. So, next story on the postandcourier.com. And uh, a kind of nice story here for, for workers this time, apart from strikes. But this is uh, mm. the headline is 737 Max pays a visit to Boeing's North Charleston workers. Well, that's rather nice for Boeing, isn't it, to do that? You know, if I was building a plane, I'd like them to fly it over once it's finished. Right. Okay. So unlike their crosstown counterparts at the 787 Dreamliner plant, workers at Boeing's propulsion uh, South Carolina facility in North Charleston rarely get to see the results of their work in a final product. But last Friday they got a close-up view when the company flew one of its 737 MAX test planes to the low count, uh, country so dozens of workers could climb aboard and check out the company's newest single-aisle commercial jet in person. The local propulsion centre, uh, which is located around 10 miles from the main Dreamliner campus, 
designs and builds engine nacelle inlets and designs nacelle fan cowls for the 737 MAX. Uh, this is really cool for the team, said Charlie Hicks, the plant's uh, director. He said the engine parts uh, are, his plant produces are uh, typically pretty stock because they are getting to see their work every day. But it's great to see the smiles on the workers' faces when they see aircraft flying in that they've had a part in playing in the production of. Uh, the jet that visited North Charleston is one of uh, four test aircraft that Boeing has for the 737 MAX program. Uh, the next generation of the company's uh, awesome 737 model. It's been decked out with passenger seats, a toilet, which is quite handy, and other interior features uh, not found on many test planes because its mission is to simulate airline travel, part of a certification process required by the FAA, or the Federal Aviation Administration. Uh, we fly the same routes that we envisioned Delta or Alaska would fly, showing the plane can take off and land um, with passengers on, then fly off again, said Hunter Block, a Boeing flight test engineer. There's, if there's any maintenance to be done, we perform it like the airlines would. Ed Wilson, a 20-year-old Boeing employee, well, lucky bugger, <laughs> and chief test pilot for the 737 MAX program, said the plane makes trips with a flight crew, usually three hours, or, uh, three hours out and three hours back, once a day, every day. Wilson flew the test plane from Seattle to the Signature Flight Support General Aviation Terminal in North Charleston on Thursday. He and a crew spent the night locally and were scheduled to head back to the West Coast Friday afternoon. Wilson said passengers will notice only subtle differences from the 737 smooth performance that has made it the world's best-selling commercial aircraft with more than 13,000 orders since 1965. Boeing has notched nearly 3,350 orders from 70 customers for the 737 MAX, uh, with the first delivery schedule for the coming year. One of the key differences between the old 737 and the 737 MAX is fuel efficiency, the result of design improvements such as winglets that uh, produce less drag and Leap 1B engines that burn 15% less fuel than its predecessors. The planes also emit less CO2 than other fuel efficient planes flying today. Uh, in addition to its work on the 737 MAX propulsion, South Carolina designs and engineers the engine nacelles for the Boeing 777X twin aisle aircraft uh, and more work could be on the way. Until recently Boeing had been relying on supplying uh, its supply chain for the majority of the engine work on its plane. That changed in early 2015 when Boeing opened the 2000 or 225,000 square foot propulsion center next to a North Charleston plant that makes interior cabin parts for the Dreamliner. Its team of engineers, manufacturing support staff are part of a roughly 7,700 employees. Wow, mm. I want to be working on their wages department. <laughs> yeah. uh, working for Boeing in South Carolina. That's pretty awesome, that is, a story. Mm. But uh, just it just goes to prove how blinking awesome the uh, 737 <laughs> is, really. Yeah, yeah. There we go. But yeah, uh, we've got quite a few uh, airlines in the UK here over the next few years are going to be um, receiving, hopefully, their 737 MAXs. Mm. Um, on the likes of uh, Ryanair, Ryanair have got their Maxes on order, and also uh, Monarch Airlines as well. They've got um, they're replacing all their Airbus fleet oh. with Boeing. Oh right, oh, which wow. is good. Sounds good. So moving on, the next story. Yeah, yeah. And, the next uh, story. This uh, this one's got a rather interesting um, headline. I would would you not? To say, Matt. Yeah, it's, I I'm not, not entirely sure why I've been given this story, if I'm <laughs> being honest, but uh, there we are. It's all part of the fun. Uh, yes, it is um, 
Sorry, one second. Uh, Issues with the camera? Yeah, sorry. I was just trying to improve that. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, technology's misbehaving today, definitely. Yeah, well. Nev, help. Nev. <laughs> call Nev. Call yeah, Nev. Yeah, call NevTech. Call NevTech. Uh, yes, the... Uh, uh, <coughs> oh, that's typical, isn't it? Uh, the Mirror is the uh, newspaper. Oh, the Mirror that we're taking it from, and the headline is: Airline passenger wearing only swimming trunks and flip flops checks in at an airport to the, to some rather shocked holidaymakers. Uh, Greg Bannatyne's near naked journey home after he forgot uh, to bring a change of clothes to a charity swim and dare from uh, his mate. Oh, dear Lord. Um, <clears throat> a passenger has checked... I'm not going to put that picture up before you ask. Uh, a passenger has checked in at an airport wearing only swimming trunks, uh, leaving felody, fellow holidaymakers rather shocked. Dressed in a tight pair of Speedos and a pair of flip-flops, Greg uh, Bannatyne was spotted checking in for a South African Airways flight at Malawi Airport. Well, at least it was warm, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> Greg had been taking part in a charity swim across Lake Mowali. Um, but forgot to bring a change of clothes to fly home in. Greg and his teammates uh, from Mad Swimmers took part in a sponsored swim across Lake Mowali. And um, needless to say, that's, that's, that's uh, pretty horrific. Uh, but when the bus arrived to take them to the airport for their flight home, Greg from Johannesburg realised that he got no clothes to change into. Seeing the funny side, instead of uh, lending him some clothes, his teammates dared him to fly home in his tiny speedos instead. Greg said, somehow I didn't get this memo, and everyone else had... Um, Sorry. <laughs> everyone else had made sure that they had uh, a top and shorts uh, to throw on for the six-hour boat trip back. So while we enjoyed our victory beers, I, I was still in my speedos. It, it uh, really spiralled, spiralled from there with more and more of the swimmers and support crew pledging money if I attempted to fly home in my speedos. We did a four-hour bus trip and arrived at the airport. Immediately we had a security guard inform us that I could not enter like this after explaining that it was for charity. He let us go past. He went through... So, so Basically, so if you say you're doing it for charity, you can pretty much do anything then by the sound of it. Uh, we went through to the first security point and checked in with, uh, out mu without much of an issue. I mean, I'm not going to read the story because, uh, you know, there's, it's all, any more <coughs> than that, there's no need. But I, I think the one thing you can say about a guy walking through an airport in... Um, speedos. In speedos, you don't have to worry about him carrying anything that he shouldn't be. Because uh, you, 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 it's pretty obvious that, that, you know, what he is or isn't wearing. So unless he's hidden something in his flip-flops... Um, <coughs> or yeah, let's walk away from that dangerous story, shall we? Uh, <laughs> I mean, would they still expect him to remove his flip flops? Yes, indeed, absolutely. Yes, I mind you, mind you, <coughs> that's a good way of travelling light, though. Well, yes, absolutely. Yeah, but they don't weigh you, do they? No, <laughs> they don't weigh you. Well, so, what's in his bags? That's what I want to know. This picture here, <laughs> uh, which I can't put because it doesn't fit the screen properly. But as I say, <laughs> he, he's got two bags with him. So, what's in the two bags? Mike is uh, Mike is putting in the chat room. Are you saying he did not have a big package, Matt? Um, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really looked at it closely. Indeed, absolutely. <laughs> there we are. What a treat for the viewing. Public. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yes, that's a random story. Yeah, that's Thanks a really bizarre. Yeah, it's a very story, bizarre story. As I, I say, but, and, the, and what and the moral that we've learnt from this particular story is that you can more or less get away with anything as long as you say you're doing it for charity. Exactly. <laughs> so next story is on the Telegraph.co.uk site, and it's something that's been affecting the UK here for uh, the last kind of 24 hours, really, since yesterday. And it's heavy fog. We've had... Uh, it's not too bad, actually, Matt, is no. it? No. It's no. 
But uh, like yesterday here in the UK, we had uh, really, really thick fog for yes, yes, pretty much all day. Yes, and I was driving back from London yesterday. It was not fun. So the headline, heavy fog affects Christmas getaways as major airports cancel flights. Oh, no. Um, if uh, we get this, there is a picture on there, actually, uh, Thomas okay. Cook there. All but right. Thousands of travellers have been affected at the start of Christmas getaways. Thick fog has seen dozens of flights cancelled or delayed. At least 50 flights were cancelled at Heathrow Airport on Saturday. Uh, London City Airport was forced to divert uh, all its flights. Gatwick, Birmingham and Manchester airports were also affected by the thick fog, which has uh, seen flights circling over the north of the city, unable to land. Uh, British Airways flight from Calgary was diverted to Glasgow after failing to land in London safely. Uh, London City Airport tweeted, Significant fog in London is continuing to cause flight delays and cancellations. Passengers affected are advised to speak to their airline. Uh, four flights arriving into Birmingham Airport were all diverted to Manchester Airport. Uh, angry passengers complained they were stranded on runways for up to four. I think I think they're stranded on runways. I think the air, the airline would yeah, probably yeah, allow them to stay, on, stay yeah, in the aircraft yeah. uh, while, you know, <laughs> while they're waiting. Uh, Graham Pratt wrote that sitting patiently on the BAE Newcastle to Heathrow uh, flight half past nine uh, at a remote stand at Newcastle for a four-hour delay. I, I wouldn't really be that bothered really if I no, delayed. No, no, but then you are weird. I, so, yeah. I would head up to the flight deck. Yeah, well, that, yeah, <laughs> that would be yeah, my yeah, first yeah. port of call off with right, a delay. I'm off, yeah. <laughs> so Martin Gilbraith tweeted uh, himself on Twitter that uh, he said that Canary and Sunshine beckons, but pretty much everything at Heathrow this morning is delayed by fog. I mean, there's not a lot really that airlines can do when this kind of thing happens, no, Matt. You know, no. f- it, it's a weather phenomenon. It's not. It's not something that they can go and turn mm-hmm. a turn no. a suction device on no, and, no, and no, sort no, of make suck it all the go fog away. Go yeah. away. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you know, it's something the airline, the, the, the airports in the UK here have to put up with mm. on a on a yearly yearly basis. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it just goes to prove that you know weather can have quite. a... Uh, you know, big effect on on flying, even even for aircraft. You know, most aircraft have auto land when they can land in in bad weather. But uh, the fog, especially for ground handling operations, when the aircraft are on the ground taxiing mm. and stuff, you know, you can't uh, see unless you're using ground radar, of mm. course. But you can't uh, see where 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 the next door neighbour is uh, positioned as such. But um, I mean, I presume there must be a point where they, I mean, cut off where it's no longer safe for them to land, isn't there? So you've got to do something, haven't you? You know. You've so got moving to... on, we're going to move on to the next story then, yes, Matt. This okay. one yep. is all for you. Okay, this is um, on the Telegraph website, and the headline is UK's busiest single terminal airport set for a £130 million Revamp. Ah, yes, I think I saw this, didn't mm. I? Yes, London Stansted, which is our local airport. Um, uh, the U- yes, I say, London Stansted, which sees up to 5,000 passengers every hour through its doors, has unveiled plans for a new arrivals building, which it says will improve the passenger experience. The Essex Airport welcomed 22.5 million travellers in 2015 making it the UK's fourth busiest airport and it expects that number to keep rising to its capacity of 35 million. The airport saw a 12.8% growth in passenger numbers from 2014 to 2015, one of the largest rises in the country. 
the airport ahead or the airports ahead of it in terms of traffic Heathrow Gatwick and Manchester each have more than one terminal uh, plans released by Manchester Airport Group MAG which owns Stansted shows how the terminal building will be transferred within the airport's current boundaries across 34,000 square meters and three levels uh, so there's a little top 10 here uh, the 10 busiest airports number 10 is Newcastle with 4,000 562,853 passengers. Nine is Bristol uh, with 6,786,790 passengers. Glasgow is at number eight um, uh, with 8 million uh, 714,307. Birmingham is at number seven with 10 million 187,122 passengers. Six is Edinburgh with 11 million <coughs> 114,587 passengers. London Luton is fifth with 12 million. London Stansted, as, as we we're saying, is fourth with 22 million. It's quite a big jump between 12 and 22. Manchester with uh, 23 million. Uh, London Gatwick with 40 million. That's a huge jump to go from. Um, from uh, from 23 million to 40 million and then obviously the biggest uh, airport here in the UK is London Heathrow obviously because it's got five terminals and uh, <clears throat> it is um, London Heathrow with 74 million 985,748 passengers according to the CAA's 2015 data. There will be a larger immigration and baggage reclaiming hall, new shops and a public forecourt to create a relaxing and welcoming environment. The airport said the existing building is to be reconfigured and dedicated entirely to departures with more space for check-in security and a lounge. The airport has submitted a planning application for approval. Since MAG acquired the airport in early 2013, we have turned Stansted into one of the UK's fastest growing airports, said Stansted CEO Andrew Cowan. It has always been our vision to invest in its infrastructure to create the best experience for our growing number of passengers and airline customers and have already invested over £150 million to update our terminal and satellite facilities, created 1,000 more jobs, added over 40 de new destinations and increased passenger numbers by nearly 7 million. Uh, Stansted is thriving as a national asset, forming a key component of the UK's aviation infrastructure at a time when airports capacity in the UK uh, in, is at a premium. Our investment will boost competition and enable the airport to play a bigger role in supporting economic growth, jobs and international connectivity across the east of England and London. The airport is Ryanair's largest base here in the UK and... Uh, um, here, sorry, here in the UK, and uh, I've sorry, struggling the, there. Yeah, sorry, my machine, machine, my machine went funny there for a minute. Oh, really? And it also hosts the likes of EasyJet, Jet Two, and Thomas Cook. Stansted has, in recent years, put itself forward as a candidate for an additional runway to alleviate some of the capital's capacity issues. In October, Charlie Cornish, chief executive of MAG, said, "If we need a second runway in, say, ten to fifteen years, we need to start thinking about it in two or three years' time." He says, "And when I say think about it, I don't mean re I, I don't mean that big." that because we're already thinking about it I mean actually start doing more detailed design development work and start to think about how we put the application together so it's great news for our local airport 
really. I mean, it is a mm. cracking. It is a cracking airport. There's no two ways about it. Uh, I, I, it's, uh, it's. Um, as I say, you can you can do both sort of short haul and long haul from there, and you can fly sort of locally as well. No, I haven't flown from Stansford for uh, for a year or two now, but uh, it's uh, no, indeed. It's just down the road for us. It's mm. only an hour and hour and a half yeah, drive, hour and absolutely. three quarters drive for us. It's a lot closer than London and Gatwick. Mm. Um, but the flights do tend to be a little, little bit more expensive if you're travelling from there. But. Indeed. OK, well, I'm going to bash on with the next story while um, Carlos sorts out, because he, he's had his laptop go down on him, so he's had to go get another one. Exactly. Uh, so while he's busy sorting that out, um, I'll read the next one. This is on the bostonglobe.com website, and the headline is, Logan Airport is ranked among the worst in America. Oh, dear. New York fancies itself as the biggest and best at pretty much everything, but when it comes to airports, the city that never sleeps is really good at being at the absolute worst. Uh, few places offer as much... Um, uh, I'm not even sure how to say that word, uh, but it's, it looks very derogatory, let's put it that way. Fewer places offer... Decreptitude. Uh, yeah, decreptitude. That's, that's <laughs> not a word I've heard of before. Um, but, uh, but anyway, as much congestion or inconvenience as LaGuardia and Newark Liberty airports, both of which are warrens of passenger misery. Oh dear, this is a really cheery, uh, <laughs> cheery story. These two took up honours as the lowest-ranked North American, American airports in 2016 uh, in the J.D. Power study of airport satisfaction. Boston's Logan, uh, Chicago's O'Hare and Philadelphia or airport rounded out the bottom five. They were ranked out on a thousand point scale based on responses from more than 36,000 travellers who made a trip um, who made a, a, a round trip flight between January and October? Passengers again ranked Portland, oh no, dear, uh, or, or, or Tampa, uh, Fla, uh, Las Vegas, and Orlando as the best large airports. The summer, this summer, LaGuardia Gateway Partners, a public-private partnership with the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, launched a four million dollar overhaul of the airport aimed at dragging it into the 21st century. The ancient central terminal building will be replaced with a new structure and it's 35,000, uh, sorry, and it's 35,000, no, it's 35 gates moved closer <laughs> to the say, adjacent terminal. 35,000 gates, that would, be, that, would be, that would be love to see that, yeah. <laughs> and closer to the adjacent turnpike and located where a now demolished parking deck once stood. The redesign will give aircraft more space to manoeuvre and help relieve LaGuardia's se severe congestion. Yes, New York is still air travel hell, but on the happier side of the equation, Miami came in fifth, dis uh, displacing a Salt Lake City. As in J.D. Power's prior studies, the overall highest scores were collected not by the beer moths noted above, but by medium-sized airports. These unsurprisingly tend to offer easier access and less congestion, said Mike Taylor, director of the airport practice at J.D. Power, part of London-based investment firm Exo. Uh, one of these mid-sized airports, Indianapolis, was the very top-scoring U.S. airport. Vancouver tied four points uh, uh, and uh, was the highest-scoring Canadian airport. And when it comes to a common denominator among the very best airports, it may not come as a surprise that it's not bright lighting, comfy seats, or even the number of bars that make the grade. It's clean restrooms are what generally people want to see. Um, yeah, so it's... Uh, the, the only thing I would say about this story um, is it's a very, very small... I dare say those airports have got quite large 
flight, uh, you know, passengers going through it, if you see what I mean. And that's the only thing is it's a very, very small amount of people. So it's like bearing in mind, you know, 36,000 travellers is the, is, is the entire makeup of, the, of said pole. And in my experience, the only time I ever fill, it, fill in one of those surveys is if I'm really annoyed with the airport because mm. something's gone wrong. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know how much I would believe in that particular study because I don't think... I don't think it's an. I don't think the 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 um, audience share, for want of a better word, is big enough to get an accurate reading. Because if that's thirty six thousand travellers over that many airports, basically over all the airports, but you, you've got some quite large airports in the states. So you know the, the, the U.S. has got some really really busy airports yeah. used by a heck of a lot of air. No, I know, but I'm, I, you know this is the thing. It's, 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 but because of the sheer the sheer passenger numbers, that's what I'm saying basically. You know, there must be millions and millions of people travelling through these various various airports, and the survey is only over thirty six thousand travellers. It's not a big enough, it's, it's not a big enough or concise enough list, is what I'm saying. I don't, yeah. I don't think enough people were surveyed for any of these airports to be overly worried about this particular report. No, they're still going to be busy this yeah, time exactly. next year. Yeah, people still want to fly. Exactly. You know, you just you just you just brace yourself, don't you? If you're going to, if I go to Luton, I brace myself. For <laughs> <laughs> so next story then, uh, and I'm back, is on the uh, StraitsTimes.com website, and that's good news for uh, any of our listeners who live in and around Stockholm in Sweden. So uh, Singapore Airlines to fly f- uh, fly to Stockholm from May 2017. So Singapore Airlines will fly to Sweden's capital Stockholm from the 30th of May next year. The airline currently flies four times a week to Moscow in Russia, but from May it will fly five times a week and the flights will continue on to Stockholm's Alanda Airport. There are no direct flights between Singapore and Stockholm, and Stockholm would be the airline's second destination in the Scandinavia region. Singapore said uh, that its flights uh, to operate, uh, they're going to use the A350-900 jets and will complement the airline's existing flights to Copenhagen in Denmark, boosting connectivity between Southeast Asia and Northern Europe. Subject to approval from uh, competition authorities, the new services will also include a joint venture agreement between uh, Singapore Airlines and Scandinavian Airlines. The agreement took effect in 2013 and covers flights between Scandinavia and Singapore. Uh, Singapore's chief executive, Goh Chun Pong, said uh, with the new services to Stockholm in Sweden, complementing his existing flights to Copenhagen, customers will soon have the choice of two convenient gateways to explore the increasingly popular Nordic countries. Scandinavian Airlines Chief Executive Richard Gustafsson said, uh, we look forward to developing our collaboration further with Singapore Airlines and thereby be able to offer our customers new routes to Singapore from Stockholm and also from there onwards into Asia, Australia and New Zealand. The new A350-900 will be uh, fitted with Singapore Airlines' latest generation cabin products, including an all-new business, premium economy and economy class seats. So uh, this is, I mean, this is one of the countries I'd love to go to. Is, is Sweden? It'd be nice to go there and have a look. Mm. It's one of the places in Europe I'd like to go to. Really? Uh, but it's uh, good news that they've got. They're going to have the, the uh, you know, the opportunity to have uh, definitely largest volumes of people coming mm. in from um, from Singapore because it's quite a popular region yeah. for um, for long haul there. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, this uh, picture here has just been sent to me by Owen, uh, and that is uh, that is uh, what Stansted oh. looked like yesterday. <laughs> Oh blimey! So that, that was uh, 
Stansted yesterday, horrific. Well, Nev's actually just, he said in the chat room, Nev said earlier that uh, apparently there's some delays today at Heathrow as well. Really? Yeah. I, I'll tell you what, based on my experience yesterday, I, I wouldn't at all be surprised. I wouldn't at all be surprised. It was really mm. horrific. Um, it was certainly, well, I mean, it was horrific driving conditions. So what on earth it must be like if you're in the cockpit of an aircraft co coming in on, a, on an airport like that, you know, just, just horrific. Just horrific. So the next story, uh, moving on then, is uh, yeah, for you, absolutely. Matt. This, yep. this is this is something that um, was was last, I think this broke last week. It happened yep. for the first time, but it's it's quite amazing. Mm, and I'm I, I'm very tempted to go online and order something now, just to right. just to see <laughs> okay. one. Brace yourselves, everyone. Uh, so this is on the travellerstoday.com website, and it was. Uh, uh, it was a flying package delivering now happening through Amazon. Ah, now, yes, I saw this on the news. It made drone the news, deliveries. didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually, it was the first ever drone delivery, wasn't it, that, that took place here in the UK. I think it was delivered in in uh, Cambridge, I think, uh, as I'm sure the story will now go into great detail. So Amazon has finally fulfilled its dream to send packages through use of one of its drones. It was one of their desires to send its customers orders in the, f in the most convenient way and is finally happening in the UK. It was announced last Wednesday that Amazon had finally launched their small drone for a delivery trial in the United Kingdom. Uh, during their trial delivery, two customers get their packages through a flying drone. For the meantime, Amazon focused on a delivery of a minimum of two customers in a day, but they are planning to expand their drone delivery services to the entire UK and might as well include, uh, and it might as well include the nearby cities. Drones, uh, drones delivery, sorry, drone delivery procedure is done through loading it with the package and allowing it to roll in the rails. Uh, like, just like the planes, drones also have to have. To also have its takeoff and its full flight to be manoeuvred automatically. Uh, <clears throat> that didn't really make much sense. But anyway, all deliveries are being weighed and for every £5 of package, its estimated time of delivery will be around about 30 minutes. It's now one of the most hassle... It's... It is now one of the most hassle ways of sending packages. Hassle-free, I think that's supposed to be. Hassle-free ways of sending packages via Amazon. On the record, Amazon's first flying delivery was a television set. What? Really? A television set and a, a bag of popcorn to its customer. It must have been a rather small TV yeah, set. Yeah, I could say. Was it yeah. one that we get? Wow. Uh, all customers in the UK have the chance of placing their orders since Amazon are open seven days a week. However, the, uh, they only prefer the flying package delivery during the day um, uh, and, and de de very much obviously depend on whether, whether the weather conditions are good. It was the Amazon CEO's uh, in-person of I'm really sorry I'm going to have to stop reading this story because the grammar is driving me bananas I'm very very sorry but uh, so basically what there. the story is yeah. saying is that <laughs> uh, Amazon has, <laughs> have started their their mm. drone delivery uh, service yeah. albeit on a very small um, or small level yeah uh, there's a weight limit to what they can carry the drones but um, you know, it, well and I'm very surprised that they reckon I want to see them I want to see one yeah. fly past the window here with, <coughs> with my Amazon package I on. think it'll be a little while before we do that I mean we are we are now having in this even in this rural part of the world we are now having Sunday deliveries by Amazon at the moment but uh, yeah short sure, has actually said quite right in the chat room that 30 minutes is a long time for a drone to stay in the it air it is absolutely because he's got to get home as well because mm, yeah. he's the battery life on these is one thing that, that hasn't kind yeah. of progressed yeah. very far as battery life with yeah. with the UAVs and drones and mm. stuff like that 
I mean, the ones you even the ones you buy on the the expensive ones you buy online, the uh, drones and stuff, or the you know the UAVs, mm. um, the battery lives on them are normally sort of around a kind of ten. 12 minutes before they yeah. run flat yeah, yeah, so you yeah. can't really go that far no, with, with one of these so so it, i think you're certainly for the moment you're only going to see um you're only going to get an amazon drone delivery if you live very Next close door to the to depot, the depot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah in which case you might as well just walk around the corner and pick it up unless they devise some sort of air to airy rebattering because we call it air to air refueling it'd be air to air rebatterying but I can't see that. <laughs> That's a whole nother technology mm. there. It's all right. One day they'll invent a ways of getting power out of the air and they can yeah, just sort good, of, yeah. you know, absolutely. Well, yeah. do you know when aircraft... We'll, we'll, we'll all have cancer as a result of, of said, um, you know, electromagnetic fields flying around. But, yeah, you know. When, <laughs> yeah, when aircraft, when aircraft, commercial passenger jets and stuff, the larger, you know, long-haul ones, when they have, um, and even the short, some of the short-haul, when mm. they have power failures and stuff, they can uh, drop a fan a turbine fan underneath the, the um, body and it powers the electrical all the electrical equipment most electrical equipment on board the aircraft no way i didn't yeah. know that mm. didn't know that so moving on to you learn something every day yeah, yeah. absolutely every day so, school day, yeah. so next story then uh, obviously the best story oh, on dear. today's show okay Every, everyone might want to just go and get themselves a cup of tea now so uh this story <laughs> unfortunately because carlos is going to go on <laughs> and on and on about this for unfortunately months, weeks, years this, this I think. story is on the mirrors <laughs> website mm. but uh the headline nasa launches a rocket in midair from a plane flying at 40,000 feet. Mm. So the eight tiny satellites on board the rocket will be used to help predict hurricane winds across the globe. Launching a rocket from a stationary position is hard enough, but NASA has now sent one into orbit from a plane at 40,000 feet. The space agency used uh, an aircraft uh, similar to a commercial jet airliner to launch Pegasus rocket carrying eight tiny weather satellites. Uh, once the rocket has been released from the plane, boosters took over and propelled it into orbit. The launch took place on Thursday this week over the Atlantic Ocean and east of Cape Canaveral. And the satellites, as I said, are going to be used to measure ocean winds in, and hurricanes and tropical cyclones around the world. That is an awesome video, Matt. I'm going to have to download that one. Um, the uh, the aircraft itself uh, was uh, a Lockheed L-1011 TriStar, obviously. Uh, Matt's just showing you on the uh, the video online there now. And uh, the uh, the story goes on that they, they hope this will be help develop a better forecasting system for the uh, future of hurricane uh, prediction. And they're really excited because this will be the first time ever that satellites can peer into the middle of hurricanes and predict how strong they'll be when they make landfall. Each satellite is about the size of a microwave oven and they use GPS receivers to track the wind speed uh, on the surface of the ocean. It's an amazingly reward feeling to spend such an intense and focused time working on CYGNSS and then in a matter of just a few hours have the entire constellation suddenly come to life, said Dr. Ruff. Uh, this was the third attempt at a mid-air launch after the two previous attempts were cancelled due to a faulty hydraulic pump and then software issues. Something which does plague the poor TriStar now, bless it, it's an old aircraft now. <laughs> All the more reason not to use it. <laughs> All the more yeah. reason to use it. But no, Matt's, uh, Matt's put it on the screen now, so you've had a chance to have a look there at the video. But it looks amazing. Mm, it does, it does look absolutely yeah. awesome. 
and uh, a testament to uh, to see uh, the TriStar still being used. You see, I mean, I think this is the only the the only one. I think there's two. I think in the world now that uh, are flight uh, flight worthy. So. Yeah. No, a nice story. I like that one. Yeah, I bet you do. So yeah, the last story, uh, yep. it's uh, regarding another low-cost carrier here in the UK. And yep. uh, this one's for you, Matt. Yes, uh, this is on the BBC News website. Uh, by the way, this, the previous story, if you go to the mirror and, and put in TriStar L1011, you'll be able to watch that video. If you are mm. listening to the audio part, take yourself to... In fact, actually, it's actually, I think you'll find it on YouTube as well. So just put uh, the Rocket and L1011, you'll be able to watch that video. It is a cracking video for anyone who's... You know, loves their aviation. It's really good to see. Anyway, sorry. Yes, the uh, final story in the commercial section today is on the BBC News website, bbc.co.uk, and the headline is EasyJet wants more women in the cockpit. Uh, EasyJet it says it has doubled the number of female pilots in a year after launching a recruitment drive. The Amy Johnson Initiative, named after the first female pilot to fly solo from the UK to Australia, prompted a surge in applications. EasyJet said it wants to increase the number uh, further and has set a target for 20% of new pilot cadets to be female. However, it said that uh, it said that target was stretching. Uh, women account for just 6% of EasyJet's new pilot intake. The airline has 164 female pilots, of whom 62 are captains, around 14% of the world's total. So that's a very good stat, actually, for, for EasyJet. Uh, they include Kate McWilliams, who's 26, who earlier this year became the world's youngest female captain for a major commercial airline. Based at Gatwick Airport, she flies Airbus A319s and A320s. Good on uh, And... Uh, uh, to locations including Iceland, Israel and Morocco. Only 3% of commercial airline pilots worldwide are female and just 450 of them have achieved the rank of captain. Uh, that means every female captain in the world could fit into an A380 aircraft. <laughs> That's an interesting stat, isn't it? Rival airline BA... BA is a rival airline to... EasyJet? EasyJet? Yeah, could be, really? yeah, on the short haul, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, has also been trying to recruit more female pilots in the last two years. A survey it conducted into why there were so few women applying to fly uh, found reasons ranging from a belief that women could only be cabin crew to being told that flying was a man's job, which I think is a common problem, isn't it, really? Let's be honest, in, in all walks of what life, not just... Uh, in uh, being a pilot, EasyJet Chief Executive Carolyn McCall said it was hard to think of another high-profile profession where women were so underrepresented. She told the BBC's Today programme that the industry needed to work on stereotyping. Uh, I still think there are, quite, there are quite firm attitudes about who flies aircraft, and that's from passengers, even female passengers. She said, there's a very deep perception here that it is, it, which is that women don't fly planes. The British Airline Pilots Association Pilots Union, BALPA, said that uh, ability was the most important quality for a pilot, which is something, as a nervous flyer, I'm very pleased to hear about. Wendy, Wendy Percy, who is the head of membership and career services, said, it's great to see airlines flying to trying to redress the balance. Uh, Balpa believes the only thing that could matter in securing a job as a pilot should be your ability, not your background, financial situation or gender. Uh, but it did say that a more balanced workforce could be the only, could only be a positive thing. Oh, that's a nice Good story, story to finish yeah, on. Yeah, is. we definitely yeah. need more women pilots, yeah. I think. 
it's a uh, it's a good idea mm. but it is such a hard i think it's a hard industry i think in in some some yeah. ways for um for it to mm. to kind of progress in that way but it is getting better i it think is, yeah, yeah. It definitely, is. I think Absolutely. in the US yeah. as well, as there's, there's, there's a lot more um, you mm. know, female pilots. So definitely. we need uh, we need uh, our uh, our female pilots listeners in this chat room yeah. to get in to get flying as soon as possible. Indeed. So Myla's there, you know, she's you know, she's, she's a pilot. So yeah, yes, right. So okay, so we're just going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back after these short messages. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening I see we still have some gremlins we left do, over yeah. from, uh, I think we do. <laughs> from, from, from Thursday. Never mind. Oh, well, never mind. You get the gist. Perhaps Al left them here. We are part of the Aviation Media Network, Network is yeah. where we were going with that. And then something <laughs> else started playing, and I have no idea where it started. But it's all part of the fun. It is part yeah. of the fun, yeah. So, um, <laughs> Indeed. Hello to everyone who's still in the chat room with us, then. Yeah. Uh, they're all chatting away with each other. Good. That's and, what I like to uh, see. I know. That's it's like good. It's good. Nice to see uh, Mr. Sebastian. Don Sebastian is still in the chat room with us. Yeah, yeah we were supposed to, um, just for those who uh, remember from Thursday, we were supposed to have a guest with us today on Skype. But unfortunately, he's still in the air. Right, so well, I mean, it's a reasonable excuse. He, he, yeah, 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 I mean, to be fair, it was a good excuse that he did give, but that he was still yeah. in the air flying. So uh, he probably couldn't have joined us this morning, which is no, a shame. No, indeed. Um, but we hope to get something in place for, uh, for, for next week's uh, last live show before Christmas. So that should be good. Okay, we'll see. What, I don't know. I'm we'll gonna, see what I'm we can do. I'm going to come up with something. Okay, yeah. You know bear, bearing in mind, I'm going to be in the caravan. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's all right. I, I, you know me. I enjoy a technical challenge. So what, what's get, the worst that can happen? I know. I might get someone to come in here with the studio with me. That'd be that'd be easier. Oh, yeah, you could do that. Easier for you, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that in greater detail. Anyway, on the subject of military, <laughs> let's do some military news if you're ready. Yeah, let's go. So first news story for some military this week on Flight Global's site then. Uh, it's uh, one of my favourite uh, aircraft because it's based on a passenger aircraft. But this is uh, on Flight Global. Boeing delivers first upgraded NATO AWACS. So Boeing has uh, delivered to NATO the first of 14 modified Matt's Eating Mince Pies. <laughs> E3A Airborne Warning and Control Systems, the AWACS aircraft, featuring an upgraded cockpit and avionics suite. Oh, well, I'd like to see that. 
handed over on the 16th of November and enhancements were covered by an engineering and manufacturing development contract awarded in 2012. Work on the first of the Boeing 707 derived aircraft number N1 began in mid-2013 but now the production baseline is established. Uh, future modifications will take less time to complete. The company tells uh, Flight Global that testing of the first aircraft will be performed after phase maintenance and training has been carried out. The second aircraft is also undergoing modification testing and the third E3A has just been included uh, and inducted into the process. Boeing says all aircraft are expected to be completed by 2018 under a mere $257,000 million uh, 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 contract effort. That's a the, silly uh, number. The uh, upgrade work involves uh, some great pictures on there, actually, Matt. The uh, upgrade work involves well, integration. Uh, are you telling me to stop chatting to people in the chat room? <laughs> right, okay, sorry. Yeah, go and do your job, Smith. The integration <laughs> of new digital uh, flight decks for communication, navigation, and surveillance air traffic management systems and avionics enhancements. This includes installation of five Rockwell Collins full-glass colour display screens. And uh, the added digital capability will also allow NATO to reduce flight crew by one person. The modification work is being carried out at Airbus Defence and Space uh, Manching in Germany's facility. Other suppliers to the programme include EMS, Raytheon, uh, Telephonics and Thales. And, uh, God, that does look really awesome. The, mm. the flight deck looks so much different now when you yeah. compare it to the uh, to the old aircraft, which is quite an old aircraft now. Uh, the United States and many other nations have airspace regulations in place that will require digital cockpits in the coming years, Boeing says. By updating the AWACS analog systems to a digital flight deck, U.S. and NATO and AWACS fleets will be able to meet current and uh, identified future air traffic management requirements for flying in worldwide airspace. All of Boeing's AWACS operators have expressed interest in flying their fleets until at least 2030 and the digital modifications will allow them to uh, monitor and manage their airspace for decades to come, Boeing says. The US Air Force is exploring the upgrade of its fleet and began modifying one example to the new digital standard in 2014. Testing on this will complete in 2017 and Boeing hopes a production contract for the fleet may be awarded in mid to late 2017. NATO has a 16-strong fleet of E3A AWACS, and uh, the fleet's analyzer database shows uh, the U.S. has 31 E3s, including Bs, Cs, and G variants. That just that is absolutely awesome. That is such a really good picture there, but it just goes to show how much decluttering it does when mm. you take away yeah, all those old well, dials yeah, yeah, and replace them with <coughs> what we got there, one, two, three, four, five, mm. you know, color display screens it's, um, there's just the whole blue screen of death thing still <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that because at least if it's a boring old analog dial you know yeah, sure to be this, putting a magnet near this it, is a boeing though so it's not going to it's not going to affect that but anyway moving on matt <laughs> okay right, okay mm -hmm. uh yes this uh, on the subject of boeing this is also on flight global and the headline is Boeing that's delivers. The same, that's the same one again. Why was that on there twice? I don't know. Okay, click okay, that one. So off. it's Northrop. Uh, <laughs> let's. It's still Flight Global. Good news, everyone. Northrop tests the first E2. <coughs> excuse. <coughs> Sorry, I've got um, 
Man flu. Carlos's man flu, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Northrop tests the first E2D with its in-flight refuelling. Uh, Northrop Grumman has flown the first E-2D advanced Hawkeye equipped for in-flight refuelling, the company announced on the 16th of December. The flight comes three years after US Navy awarded Northrop a $226 million contract to engineer, manufacture and develop the aerial refuelling system, the carrier-based airborne early warning and control fleet. This takes the E-2D to another level, which will bring more combat persistence uh, in the US and with our allies, says Jane Bishop, Northrop's vice president for C-2 slash E-2 programs in a statement. The E, how, how, how do I pronounce those? Is it E-2 or is it just E-2D? The E-2D. The yeah. E-2D. Yeah, so E-2D. apologies, yes. Sorry, you can tell I'm a complete <laughs> novice who doesn't know what he's doing. The E-2D operates for up to five hours after taking off from a carrier without the in-flight refueling system. By contrast, the Japanese Air Self-Defense Force plans to operate the E-2D from land bases, allowing the fleet to take off with a heavier load of fuel than from a carrier and stay airborne for up to eight hours. Three aircraft will be modified for testing to be complete in 2018, Northrop says, with production of refuelling-capable E-2Ds and retrofits beginning later that year. The E-2D features the UHF band Lockheed Martin APY-9, which combines an electronic scanning aperture that magnetically, oh no, mechanically rotates. Mm, nice. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the last story, which I've managed to find. Well done. I went yes. scoured through the yeah. email that I sent to myself. <laughs> so on Flight Global again. Yeah, that's right. He gets so few emails, he has to send I emails know. to himself. Bless him. <laughs> uh, this is one for our Australian listeners uh, and uh, Stephen Grant, who are actually on Thursday's show, mm, weren't they? Well, on yeah. Thursday's Christmas special. Uh, the uh, headline, RAAF C-27J Spartans Achieve IOC. Now, we saw one of these, a few of these at uh, RIAT this year. Uh, the Royal Australian Air Force has awarded its new Alenia C-27J Spartan tactical transports with initial operating capability. The RAAF has received four examples of a total order of ten aircraft, says the Australian Defence Minister, Maryse Payne, in a statement. The Spartan can access airfields that are unable to support larger transport aircraft, thus increasing the reach for the defence when supporting communities across Australia and throughout the Asia-Pacific region, yeah, region, says Payne. The Spartan can now be tasked on missions to transport 40 passengers or three military pallets of cargo, as well as fulfil roles such as light equipment airdrop. Air Marshal Leo Davies adds that the type sits between the RAAF's larger Lockheed Martin C-130Js and the Army's Boeing CH-47 Chinook transport helicopter. In May 2012, Australia placed an order for 10 C-27Js through the US government's Foreign Military Sales FMS program. Produced by Alina in uh, Italy, the RAAF's C-27Js are delivered in a green condition to L3 in Waco, Texas, where they are converted to the joint cargo aircraft configuration. L3 also provides crew and maintenance training. The work takes three months and involves fitting an electronic warfare and infrared countermeasures suite, uh, US standard communications equipment and ballistic matting around the cockpit and loadmaster station. 
The C-27J succeeds the de Havilland Canada DHC-4 Caribou aircraft under the Air 8000 Phase 2 requirement. Although popular with the RAAF, the obs, uh, ob, uh, obsolescent Caribou was retired in 2009. The C-27J's rival for the requirement was the Airbus military's C-295. One concern with the Caribou has been its inability to operate in hostile airspace due to its lack of self-protection equipment. Um, so it's good news then for uh, for Alenia anyway, with mm. his, uh, some more aircraft coming from them. But uh, definitely, yeah, we see. I saw a few of these actually. They are they're they're like a mini Hercules, like right. a, like a baby Hercules transport aircraft. They look really, they do look really smart though. To be fair. So there we go. That's uh, the military news we got for this week. So um, yeah, there we go, Matt. That's good. Yeah. So uh, have you got? Have it's you got not very efficient when when there's there's nobody distracting us here in the studio. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It was it was an absolutely crazy show on Thursday, but yeah. we thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. It was. You realise you, you I, I actually downloaded it and started the editing process this this week. Have, you have no idea how long that is going to take me. <laughs> yeah, because it was just over a three-hour-long show. It was a three-hour-long show. And yeah. I'm not going to cut much out, but it is going to have a little bit of tidying up. Don Sebastian said that when he grows up, he wants to be a podcaster. Does he? Mm. Right. Excellent. There's a, there. <laughs> You're welcome to come and sit in my seat, Don. That's absolutely fine by me. You get a flight across here. To come <laughs> yeah, yeah, us. yeah. Every week, if that would be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But, um, uh, going back, so we, uh, so what we got uh, news-wise uh, for the for uh, the next show? We have, obviously we've got the, uh, the the caption competition. Yeah, the which caption you guys competition. Which we're we cover. To, if you haven't got your answers in, your yeah. your uh, humorous your captions. Your deadline, please, for that is Thursday afternoon. The close of play on. Thursday. Thursday, um, yeah, so that yeah. Carlos has got time to go through to, them. To all. Go we need to send them off the, to yeah. our adjudicators. Yes, to, uh, absolutely. Yes, we do have a. Well, in that case, we better make it Wednesday then, haven't yeah. we? If we want them to respond. Yeah. So get your get your funniest captions in by Wednesday. Send uh, send them into our email address. Yeah. Podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Yeah. Matt's put the uh, picture up on the screen. It is on our Facebook page as well. For those listening uh, online, and also yep. Twitter. If you go on there, you'll see the picture on there. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's on the screen now for you guys in yep. the chat room. If you haven't emailed us yet with your most humorous caption yep. for this picture, which uh, shows uh, me, Captain Al, and Matt at Riyadh yeah. earlier this year, taken Indeed. by, uh, yeah. in taken the media by Dan take, Hannington. I, hasten, yeah, I, I hasten to add, we were in the media We were in the yes, media centre, yes, yes. Indeed, yes. But, so uh, get, those ple- get those in, please, by the close of play. So we'll say 5 p.m. on Thursday. That's yes. UK time. Yes. 5 p.m. on Thursday, UK time. And then we're not picking the answers. We've got an independent uh, a group of adjudicators yeah. based yeah. over at the Flying Club in Beckles yeah. uh, who are going to go and decide who the winner of our caption competition is. So they're going to see all the captions, uh, and then we will have our three there's three uh, prizes. We'll have our three winners, we have, yeah. um, which we will announce on Friday's show. So the show that we record on Friday, no, on Saturday, sorry, Christmas Eve. So it's the next live show will be on Saturday, the 24th of December. Yeah, so there we go. Send them in to us yeah. at the show. Well, Matt, yeah. it's been a rather interesting it has show, been a, as yes, usual, yeah, Absolutely, it? yes. A little calmer than Thursday, certainly, mm, uh, but yeah. not, not, without its, um, not without its technical problems. No, and <laughs> so we're sorry ever, about that, Matt. We're getting so close to Christmas now. <laughs> we we're are, getting yeah. very close to Christmas. Only a few more days left for me to work this week, finish on Friday. Yep. And, uh, and then, as we said, we will do our last live Christmas yep. show on, uh, on Saturday. Saturday. Yep. Uh, yep. It will either be in the morning or it may be in the afternoon. Yep. 
depending on uh, what uh, Matt wants to do. Yeah, uh, it would probably be sort of lunch. Yeah, sort of two o'clock, I think, would probably yeah. be good, because that won't leave you with too much time. So it's, it's going to be Friday, uh, the 24th of December at 2pm. Friday or Saturday? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. I keep saying that. Honestly, sorry. Saturday, Saturday the 24th of December. I'm so it very was, sorry. It was only tea. Yeah, it, it, only, tea, only tea. Only tea. Absolutely. Cup, yeah. what is, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> But uh, yes, yeah, so that's all good. Oh, Owen's put in the chat room. Only six more flights until Christmas. Oh dear! Oh, poor Absolutely. Owen. Have you got any flights before Christmas? I might have a little. Dip you might next have a little. Week. Yeah, depends on the weather's. If it's well, yeah. If yeah. the weather's anything like it has been <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the yeah. UK for the last yeah. few days, I won't Absolutely. be going anywhere. You must be getting close to having to do your cross country. Yeah, aren't you? it's not yeah. far off now. Yeah, yeah. scary. Very exciting. Scary. Very very exciting. Yeah, so that's uh, where we. Um, that's don't, don't forget to say we've got to say goodbye to uh, oh, Cap- uh, Captain Nick, who's here. Look, yeah, there right he is again. <laughs> Bless. That is the most horrific, the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I don't know. You're, <laughs> is is that why it's in here? I presume Gemma wouldn't allow it in yeah. the house anywhere else. Presumably, no, no. <laughs> she hates it. Yes, quite right. Quite right. Yes, indeed. It's not without its charm. So yes. Oh, and and three more standbys. So let's hope it's only six. Yes. Right. I, <laughs> So okay. we're going to say we're going to yeah. wrap up then. Say a massive thanks to everyone who's joined us this yep. morning in the uh, in the chat room. Thank yep. you to everyone who's got up and who is still up around the globe. I think some of our um, mm-hmm. um, uh, our listeners across the pond have have gone back to sleep. I think yes, Mike I Mike has him. fell yeah. asleep. I don't blame him. Yes, um, but no. Have a great Sunday. Have a great uh, day here. Hope all your roast dinners uh, yep. go down a treat. <laughs> and we will, of course, as I say, we will be back um, next Saturday, the twenty fourth of December, where I will be in my caravan in Clacton, and Carlos wow. will be here in the studio. So uh, let's see how that Yay. goes, everyone. I, 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 what's the worst that can happen, Doctor Pepper? Yeah. Indeed, don't don't answer that. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so we're uh, we're going to close the show now and say, don't forget to join us next Saturday for our last live Christmas show with the results of the caption competition, and uh, and hopefully we'll all be on on fine form for next week. Well, that is that is the plan. So from all of us here in the studio. Uh, it is uh, a sort of yeah. A, a very, we're all a bit tired, I think, today, aren't we? I'm very sorry. It's, it's not been up to its usual standard, but uh, anyway, there we are. Never mind. We got uh, the show done. We have indeed. Yeah. So, from all of us here in the studio, uh, have a good run up to Christmas, and we'll see you all next Saturday. Cheers, guys. Take care, bye bye. Bye.